Hello, and thank you for joining us on our Inspire Church podcast. It's our prayer that this message inspire you, that it builds your faith, and that it can help you see how God desires to move in your life. Enjoy the message. You need something solid. So he says, Jesus, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. I love that Jesus doesn't give him a three-page long answer. He responds with one word. He says, come. And this is what I've discovered. When God is leading you forward into the life that he's called you to live, when he's taking you out of your comfort zone, he only needs you to give you one word. And on that one word, you can stand and do the impossible. On that one word, you can stand and go beyond where anyone's ever gone before. Peter might have walked on water that day, but you and I know that the thing that got him out of the boat was one word from Jesus Christ. And I know that God's got a word for each person in this place tonight because He promises that He is going to move our faith forward. See, it's moments when we're stepping into the unknown that it's something more than the encouragement of men that's needed. We need that word from God. As you walk out of these doors tonight, I want you to know why God has chosen you. I want you to know that it's not a random selection that puts people into the calling that they've got, but God has a specific calling and purpose for each one of you. And so as you walk out the door, you need to know that God is acutely aware of all the reasons why you might think you're the wrong person for the job. Every single one of us, I don't have to know you well to know that you know all the reasons why you should not be the person chosen for the role. Most of us in this life don't just need, uh, don't need to be told or reminded about our weaknesses. Most of us are extremely aware of our weaknesses. I say most of us because some of us really believe that we are excellent dancers and we don't want to uh, dispel that thought from your mind because it brings us great joy when you dance the way you dance. See, without knowing you on a personal level, I know you're familiar with your inadequacies. I know you're familiar with your insecurities. You say things, you list the reasons why God couldn't possibly choose you for a role that he's chosen someone else for. Thankfully, we're not the first people in history to try and convince God that somehow he made the wrong choice. Tonight, we're just going to open up one character of the Bible, and trust me, there is many. We're going to look at this man named Moses. If you've looked at his life, you've probably heard him described as a great hero, and so you should, because that's what he is. He's a man that led the Israelites out of slavery and captivity in Egypt. They went through the Red Sea miraculously. He sought God, and food miraculously was sent from heaven. There was water delivered from a rock. There was protection from a pillar of fire in the night and a cloud by day. On and on it goes about the heroics that Moses led the people of Israel in. But friends, let me tell you, it didn't start that way for Moses. The beginning of what Moses experienced was the complete opposite to that. And you can read it in Exodus chapter 3 and 4. And we're just going to grab out one little part of that passage of Moses's interaction with God. God happens on Moses and seeks him out in the wilderness and 
sets fire to a bush without consuming it and starts conversing with Moses. He starts having this conversation saying, Moses, I've chosen you for something that you were way beyond you, something you're not capable of doing on your own, but I'm going to be with you. And then during the conversation, Moses responds to God and we'll read it from verse 13 in chapter 3. But Moses protested. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? Verse 14, God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. Now, friends, you might read that with great holiness in your heart and say, wow, what a word from God word from God, when I read that, it doesn't even make grammatical sense to me. I am who I am. God, that's not a name. I was looking for something with a bit more strength to it, God. Something that could give me a bit more confidence. Something that might rouse people to respond and say, yes, Moses, of course you're the right choice for this. Moses, at that moment, I guarantee he'd been having a long walk. He was already talking to a burning bush. At that point, he was probably thinking, was this the pizza that I ate the night before? Moses, like you and like everyone else in between, always wants something a little bit more from God. You know what Moses didn't have that we have the luxury of? A thing called hindsight. We get to read the whole story from back to front if we choose. And this is what we discover when we read that story, knowing the whole story. See, when Moses asked God, who should I say is sending me? And God says, tell them I am is sending you. What you and I need to know is that God wasn't just answering Moses' question for his concern on that day. He was at answering Moses' concern for every day. Because Moses wasn't going to just face this challenge once. He was going to face it again and again and again. And every time the answer was going to be the same, I am. So God, Moses goes before God and says, God, I am not able to do what you've asked me to do. And God's response is the same, I am. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I am able to do what I've prepared for you to do. Moses says to God, God, I am not able to see the path ahead. God's response is simple. I am. Not only am I able to see the path ahead, but I'm the one who shaped it for you. He says to God, God, I am not strong enough to carry the load. God's response is, I am. Put all your burdens and cares onto me and I will look after you. Moses says to God, God, I'm not connected to the right people. I don't have enough resource. I'm not the right person for the role. God's response is, I am. I'm connected. I'm resource. And because of me, you are the right person for the role. God, I am, I'm alone in this. I feel alone in this. God says, hey, I am with you and I am never going to forsake you. You see, we think God, often, we just think God is an extra powerful version of us. And we all know what it means to choose a team or be chosen for a team. See, if we think God's just an extra powerful version of us, then we think God will choose people to be on his team according to the same skills that this world chooses for people to be on their teams. And if you've ever been picked last for a team, you know the reason why you were picked last, and that's because you were inadequate for the task. 
But God chooses to reverse this on its head and say, I'm not just an extra powerful version of you. I am the one that can take every inadequacy that you that you have, put it on display, do a miracle through it and prove to the whole world just how powerful I am. No matter what God-directed path lies ahead of you, God did not choose you for what he's asked you to do because of you. God has chosen to do what he's created you to do, not because of who you are, but because of who he is. You know, when you encourage someone, you get beside them and you tell them every great thing that you can see in them and you just get behind them and you say, you're going to be awesome. You're going to do this great. You're going to... You know, when God wants to encourage you, he doesn't bother telling you about you. Now, that sounds harsh and cruel. You, go, you can find examples of that. When God wants to encourage you and bring the most out of you, he doesn't bother focusing on you because eventually you're going to hit a circumstance and a situation that no matter who you are is beyond you. No matter how powerful a man Moses was, there was no power power of man that could cross that Red Sea. Eventually, you're going to hit a scenario and a situation in your life that you are unable to cross with the strength that you have, even if you're the strongest man that ever lived. But the exciting thing about this is that God chooses each one of us not to reveal the strength of who you are, but to reveal the strength of who He is. So when he wants to encourage you, he doesn't bother telling you how good you are. He tells you how good he is. And that puts each one of us in the same category in life saying, you know what, I might be out of my depth here, but I am not alone here. I hope you've been encouraged tonight. When God wants you to be filled with courage, he doesn't tell you about who you are. He tells you all about who he is because he wants to take the pressure off you so that you can, in freedom, worship him. No matter what God-directed path lies ahead of you, you need to know that God didn't choose you for what he's asked you to do because of who you are or what you have. God has chosen you to do what he's called you to do because of who he is. In order for us to do what God's called us to do, our confidence needs to be entirely in Him. Right throughout the Bible, we see this scenario played out over and over again. God chooses people and they say, God, I'm the wrong person. Noah, Abraham, Joseph, Joshua, Rahab, Nehemiah, Ruth, Samson, Gideon, Mary, Paul. On and on it goes. Each one human just like us. See, every time. When God calls you to step out, the natural human response isn't to look to who God is, but to look who, look to who you are. And that's why we have an enemy and an adversary that wants to take your focus off who God is and put your focus solely on who you are. The Bible says we all have an accuser who knows us by our name but calls us by our sin. We also have a saviour who knows our sin but chooses to call us by our name. What I'm saying tonight is that you might be inadequate for what lies ahead. You might be unable to fulfill what path God has put in front of you. But the great thing is the one who has called called you to that path isn't inadequate. He is entirely 
adequate. He is entirely sufficient for every and any task that could ever be undertaken. And because he is entirely sufficient, that makes you the perfect choice. I've never felt like I was the perfect choice for anything that God called me to. But when I took my eyes off me and put my eyes off him, it didn't matter what the perfect choice was anymore. I knew that he was perfect for every situation I could ever face. As I bring this into land today, let me ask you one more question. Something that will just tie this all together for you in simplicity for the rest of your life. And that is this. Does your salvation ever rely on you? Will there ever be a day that you wake up and the strength and confidence and courage that comes from your salvation ever become a responsibility that you're called to fulfill? Every day, the salvation that we celebrate and we have, see, salvation is a constant reminder for each one of us that we will never have enough to do what it takes, but we'll always have someone who has done it all for us. This is a daily reminder of how God works. You and I can never win the salvation that's required in order to reach God on our own. But that's what Jesus Christ became for us. Because our salvation never relies on us, it never relies on who we are. Our salvation always relies on Jesus. Everything that needed to be done so that we might save was done by Him. So what part do we play in that? The same part that we play in moving forward that the plan God had for us, we accept it. We receive it. We stand in it, not stationary, but constantly moving forward. And we say, okay, God, you're covering all the reasons why not so that I can stand with the I am. Colossians chapter 1 verse 22 says this, Now He has reconciled you to Himself through the death of Christ in His physical body. As a result, He has brought you into His own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before Him without a single fault. Come on, friends. I know that when you analyze yourself, you can find failure and you can find fault. God said, you're not the lens for you anymore. You've got to let me be that lens for you. I've done many weddings in my time, but I've only been to one wedding where the bride was ever perfect. That was my own. You see, it's not who the bride is that makes her beautiful. It's who is loving the bride that makes her beautiful. It's not who you are that makes you saved. It's who's loving you that makes you saved. It's not what you've got to give that makes you adequate or useful to the kingdom of God. It's the one who says, as you stand before me, you become holy and blameless. Because God looks at you through the lens of Jesus Christ. And when he looks through Jesus Christ, all he can see is the perfect choice for his will and purpose to be outworked on this earth. Come on, friends. God's got you. He knows you. He knows all the reasons why the enemy comes and whispers in your ear and tells you why you can't do what he's called you to do. You can't give what he's called you to give. You can't stand where he's called you to stand. He knows. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And what you must hear tonight is that God's got you. He calls you holy and blameless without a single fault. Just as you're willing to trust 
Jesus with your eternal salvation, my request to you tonight is that you will also trust Him enough to step outside your comfort zone so that you can continue to experience the miracles that follow Jesus wherever He went. Thanks again for joining us. If you have any questions or simply for more information regarding Inspire Church, visit us at inspirechurch.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. It's our prayer that you live inspired by the Word of God and more alive in Him than ever before. Until next time.